City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. A man who falsely claimed he'd lost his wife and son in the Grenfell Tower fire has been sent to jail. The court heard Anu Negan's lies didn't stop there. He went on to accept housing and £12,000 from a relief fund set up in the aftermath. Our London reporter Georgie Prodromo is outside Southwark Crown Court for us. The 52-year-old from Beckenham falsely claimed that he lived in Grenfell Tower, that he woke up his wife and son to run away from the flames, but lost them on his way out of the building. In reality, neither existed. And Noon again received housing in hotels and more than £11,000 in cash, food, clothes, laptops and a mobile phone from both Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea and various charities. He even told journalists about his ordeal. I saw dead body smoke very heavy about 290 degree to 390 degree. I got shocked. I cannot sleep. I was thinking my wife, my son, my number family. The defence said he had an astonishingly low IQ and mental health difficulties, but the judge claimed he knew exactly what he was doing. Kate Mulholland from London CPS says it's had a huge impact on the Grenfell community. Members of the community describe having the heart ripped out of the community by this defendant's actions. And so the community suffering as they were already are then further devastated by this man's actions. He's now got 21 months in prison for all three charges against him. An 11-year-old girl's critical in hospital after being stabbed in Wolverhampton. Police were called to a house on Kent Road in the early hours of this morning following reports of a disturbance. An 8-year-old woman also suffered a dislocated shoulder in the incident. Our Birmingham reporter Megan Jones is outside the house. There's only a small sign of which house it was on this busy junction in Wolverhampton. There's a couple of police vans nearby as well as a small amount of police tape tied to some metal railings. There have been people slowing down while I've been here to see what happened and I've also seen some officers go in and out of the house and also into neighbours' houses. This man spoke to me and said the incident was tragic and he knew the family. They're a, a good community family. The elder lady, she's a really friendly woman. Tell by the police presence and by the police type they've got across. Obviously something serious has happened. But all we know is the lady, the the 80-year-old, such an innocent woman. Well, a 51-year-old man's been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder and is also being treated in hospital. Police say he is known to the little girl. Two British ISIS fighters thought to be behind the brutal murder of Greater Manchester aid worker Alan Henning have been captured by US forces in Syria. Alexander Koti and El Shafi El Sheikh were part of a group of militants led by Mohammed Enwazi, who became better known as Jihadi John. They're thought to be the last two surviving members of the group. We've been getting reaction from Haras Rafiq, who's managing director of counter-terror group Quilliam. I think what we do with these people is very important. Uh, First of all, it's been reported that their British citizenship has been rescinded, so certainly we don't want them back here in the UK, and our government doesn't, so I guess it's down to the Americans as to what they decide to do. Uh, I think there's three key parts. First of all, it's very important that uh, we get good intelligence and are able to act on that intelligence quickly. Secondly, I think it's very important for uh, the families of the victims to actually know where their bodies of their families are, so they can actually get some closure. And thirdly, I think it's very important that we actually 
actually allow the Americans or the Americans take them to the US rather than Guantanamo Bay, take them through the due process, throw the book at them, as it were, let them feel the full effects of the law. And then we should actually use that as propaganda or counter propaganda or narrative, if you like, to show that we're not the same as ISIS. Uh, we're much better than they are. And actually, we control the narrative now. That's very, very important. Well, father of two, Alan Henning, was kidnapped and killed by ISIS in October 2014 whilst he was on an aid mission. Our reporter Amy Skays bricks in his hometown of Eccles for us. The memorial garden set up in Alan's name two years ago has big yellow pillars coming out of it and there are yellow ribbons tied all around it. It's a daily reminder for the people of Eccles of how they tied yellow ribbons outside their homes as a show of solidarity to try and bring the captured aid worker home. After he died, memorial services were held all across Greater Manchester and tributes flooded in from all over the world. In the garden today, there's a plaque which reads, Alan gave his life helping people of all faiths in their time of need. City Talk UK. A petition calling for a public inquiry into the investigation surrounding James Bulger's murder has now passed 100,000 signatures. It means MPs will consider debating how the case was dealt with in Westminster. There's concerns a number of issues have been swept under the carpet and thousands more have signed it in the wake of last night's documentary about the two-year-old's murder. We've been speaking to James's mum's solicitor, Sean Sexton, who says Denise believes there needs to be a rethink about how the parole system works. Denise made representations back in 2001 to the parole board, but she had her hands tied behind her back. Um, she wasn't allowed to see any of the evidence that uh, the parole board were considering. All she could do was speak in very general terms about what she believed to be the case. No account really appeared to be taken of, of those representations. Um, Venables and Thompson were released without spending a single day behind bars. They spent their entire sentence in a children's home. Venables um, then reoffends, very serious offences, goes back to prison for two years. Again, she's allowed to make representations. But again, it, it's really just a fig leaf because she doesn't think that the authorities are taking any notice of, of what she says. She had warned that Venables had an interest in children, a sexual interest in children, and it was ignored. This is... City Talk UK. Now, vaping shops are springing up on every high street across the country at the moment, and that's a good thing, according to health experts. Public Health England says it's providing a vital support network for people trying to quit smoking. Earlier this week, it suggested that even hospitals should sell e-cigs, and they could soon be available on prescription from the NHS. We sent our reporter Rosanna Austin out in Leeds, where there are 20 vaping shops in the city centre alone. We're probably all used to seeing these on the high street now. Now, and a report out today thinks the rise in number of vaping shops could actually help reduce the number of smokers. It found staff can provide frontline support to people trying to quit. James Conran runs Vape Station. He told me it's filling a gap. We do quite a lot of evenings, sort of like open evenings, and that gives a chance for the vapers to come to meet each other, to see people that are also going through the same journey, to meet and get advice on what's the best product out there, what other people are using to help them quit, give them that sign of support that they get from, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, all these other networks for addiction that do as a support network there. For smoking, it seems to be you either go through the NHS or you're on your own. There's still people that say we need more research into it. What would you say back to that? I agree. I think the research should be there and I think I'm fully behind the research because I think that it will show it is in a positive light, especially with the Public Health England report from a few days ago showing that 20,000 people a year are now stopping due to, to vaping. It, it does help and I think people are starting to see that. And the Winter Olympics have officially opened in South Korea.
Just days after threats of war, North and South Korea seem to have put their differences aside. Their athletes marched together under one flag. Britain's reigning skeleton champion Lizzie Arnold led out Team GB, who are hoping for at least five medals. Good luck to everyone. That's your latest. I'm Michelle Livesey. City Talk UK.